And welcome to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vandervliet, your host here with his trusted sidekick, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woody says wolf. Of course, Woody, being a dog of few barks, has an ask. And his ask is to please like, share, follow, subscribe, and rate this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Because remember, life is not the matrix. Life is an algorithm. So the more that you like, share, follow, all that good stuff, it moves us up in the algorithm. And of course, would he always ask that you visit our website, the pblpodcast.com and visit our YouTube link on our website and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're getting lots and lots of activity on our YouTube page. So thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So let's get on today. It is Friday and oh my gosh, the news never sleeps, right? It's like that old Neil Young album, Russ Never Sleeps. But anyway, you know, I was watching the news last night and he, when I watch the news, I flip through the three cable channels, the news channels, you know, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. I just flip through them. I don't have one that I prefer to watch over another one. I don't have shows that I prefer to watch over others. I basically just kind of flip through them to just see what the topics are. And something struck me yesterday that I am absolutely convinced of. Uh, now, you you probably already have seen this, or you probably already put two and two together, but I I am convinced that the only reason a magazine or a rag like the Atlantic is around is basically to give the left-wing media something to back up their ridiculous claims. The Atlantic, if you remember, is the, um, I don't know what you call it. Do you call it a newspaper, a magazine, a rag, a piece of crap? I think the piece of crap would probably be what you call it. It is decidedly left-wing. They're the ones that put out that uh, article on Trump disparaging the troops with four anonymous sources. And Trump, I think, has come out with like 28 sourced people now stating that that did not happen. One of them being John Bolton, who was there, who just cannot stand Trump. And even he says he never saw Trump disparage the troops, such as was said in that Atlantic article. So now from that Atlantic article, you got Joe Biden who keeps bringing it up. I mean, he keeps bringing it up in speech after speech of how Trump disparaged troops. He brings up his uh, deceased son, Bo, who is in the military, but he never brings up Hunter, who is also in the military. Hmm. Now, the reason he doesn't bring up Hunter, who is also in the military, because Hunter Biden was drummed out of the military for cocaine use, but he never brings that up. So, so Biden uses this Atlantic story over and over, and it's been debunked. I mean, it's just been debunked. You still see people on social media where people are debating on social media all the time, bring that up. And again, it's been debunked. The, the amount of lies that a magazine like that puts out that people glom onto is truly amazing. So I was watching some news last night and I was flipping through and I, I saw I, I landed on the Fred Savage show. I'm sorry. I mean, the Rachel Maddow show. So I landed on Fred's show and even she was citing a source, the Atlantic for a story she did. And the story that Fred was working on was that if Trump loses the election, he won't give up the White House. He won't leave. What complete nonsense. And she cited an article in the Atlantic titled The Election That Could Break 
America. That's the headline. The subheadline is if the vote is closed, Donald Trump could easily throw the election into chaos and subvert the results. Who will stop him? And the article goes on. I mean, it's this long drawn out article. And it's not until you get to paragraph seven that they even get to the damn point they're trying to make. And that point is. Let me see if I can find paragraph seven because it's so far down in the article. A lot of people, including Joe Biden, the Democrat Party nominee, have misconceived the nature of the threat. The threat, of course, being Donald Trump. They frame it as a concern unthinkable for presidents past that Trump might refuse to vacate the Oval Office if he loses. They generally conclude, as Biden has, that in the event, the proper authorities will escort him from the White House with great dispatch. So she goes on and on, Fred does, uh, about using this story from the Atlantic. Now, how ridiculous is this? What, I mean, it's gotten to the point where I'm convinced that publications like the Atlantic only exist to help these pundits peddle these non-stories to fill airtime. This is the most ridiculous thing I have ever Seen. Now, here's why. It's at a fervent pitch that I have never seen. Every presidential election that I can remember as an adult, we have heard over and over and over, what if the current occupant loses and refuses to leave? Every single election in the history of our nation, we have had nothing but peaceful transfers of power. In fact, that is one of the greatest things about, about America, our nation, is the, that we always have a peaceful transfer of power. Now, uh, magazines and entities like The Atlantic and like uh, Fred Maddow's show, they pull this crap out of thin air. They pull it from the behind, out of their caboose, just to inflame the base. This is all they're doing. They know this is ridiculous. They have to know. Either that or they're complete lunatics. I won't say idiots, lunatics. You have to be a lunatic to believe that. If Trump loses, if President Trump loses the election, I have no doubt in my mind that we'll have another peaceful transfer of power. It's never entered my mind that they wouldn't even Barack Obama when he was in office. Uh, uh, during the 2012 election, we we heard the same thing, but this time from the right. That what if Trump? What if Obama doesn't leave office? No, no. We have always had a peaceful transfer of power, and you know what? We always will if our democracy, which is a constitutional republic, by the way, stays intact. We will always have this peaceful transfer power. Nothing's going to change. So these leftists, what they're doing, and this is all a game. That's all it is. It's got two two um, ad, ad, um, ploys to this game. There are two things they're trying to do here. The first and foremost is is they're trying to rile up their base. I mean, the the left, in my opinion, and this is anecdotal, is scared out of their mind for this election. They know, they know that there's problems. They know there's problems with Biden. They know he's a weak candidate and they know that Trump has a possibility of winning, not only winning, but winning in a landslide. So what are they going to do? They're going to rile up their base by saying, if he doesn't, if it's not a landslide for Biden, Trump may not leave the Oval Office. 
no, even if it's not, not a landslide for Biden, if Biden wins, Trump will leave the Oval Office peacefully. There's no indication that he won't. Now, President Trump, to his credit, is a master troll. So they've asked him, right, because this is all scuttlebutt now. Everything's in the air about will, will he leave? So they ask him outright, you know, if you lose, will you leave or you will you accept the results is how they're asking the question. They're not asking, will you leave? If you lose, they're asking, will you accept the results? And he says, we'll see about it. So he doesn't give a direct. He didn't give a direct answer in 2016 if he would have lost to Hillary Clinton. He says, we'll see about it, which is, you know, really honestly is the right answer. I mean, he could also answer, if I lose decidedly, yes. But Trump is the master troll. He keeps the media guessing. He keeps the media on their toes. That's his nature. He's done this his entire life. There is no reason to think he wouldn't be doing that now. But if he does lose the election, Trump will leave peacefully. You got to worry more about Democrats than Trump. So that's one reason why the Democrats are doing this, or the left, or the media but again, I repeat myself, they're doing this because they're trying to rile up their base to get them to the polls because they know there is a problem. There's a there's an excitability problem with Biden. People just are not excited about a Biden presidency or a Biden campaign. They're just not. So they know people are excited about Trump. So they're riling up their base. The other side of this coin, because this is all psychops, is to get you, the conservatives out there, worried to get them worried that Biden's doing better than he's doing and also to be worried that Trump may be a sociopath or that Trump's the problem. So it's a psychops campaign on two ends and the media and the left and the, the Democrats, again, repeating myself again, uh, are, they work in collusion on this. This is all a game. The Atlantic, I am convinced their sole purpose is to give shows like the uh, Fred Savage shows, I mean, the Rachel Maddow show, some meat. Because this is the only source she cited in her, her spot talking about how Trump might not leave the White House. That's it. They, she cited the Atlantic, the most discredited rag that I know of right now. It's a horrible, horrible paper. I mean, the, the story they ran on Trump regarding the military was a, a, just an abomination of the truth. It was just unbelievable that a publication would go that low to smear a president. And why? Because they know this president does well with the military. They know they, they did it again to rile up their base. Here's another headline from the Atlantic. Why do Republican leaders continue to enable Trump? I mean, he's a Republican. They're a Republican. What do you mean enable? I'm not reading the crap story, by the way. But <clears throat> unbelievable that they do this, but not surprisingly, because they have a horrible, horrible candidate. How bad is Joe Biden as a candidate? How about this for a headline? This is from uh, The Federalist. Uh, dated September 24, 2020, by Jordan Davison. The headline is, for the ninth time this month, Joe Biden takes a full day off campaigning. Now, they call it putting a lid on it. Yesterday, I was browsing Twitter like I often do. And by the way, you can find me on Twitter at the PBL podcast. That's my handle. And you can interact with me there. Please do. Anyway, uh, I was browsing around Twitter. And then I saw this tweet that the Biden campaign put a lid on the day. That was 9.30 a.m. 
And so I started looking at it and there were story after story after story. Here's one from the National Pulse. Biden campaign calls morning lid meeting no candidate appearance seven times in 14 days. The uh, Federalist story had nine times this month that he put a lid on it at nine 20 in the morning or 9 a.m. around the morning time. He's put a lid on the campaign, meaning there'll be no more campaigning or no more appearances from Biden, no more media conversations with Biden. He's put a lid on it. So <clears throat> this said nine times this month. This is September. That article from The Federalist came out uh, yesterday, 24th. So of the 24 days in the month, nine days, Joe Biden took a day off, a full day off campaigning. And you had several other days where they put, quote unquote, a lid on it. Now, here's what, and this isn't even coming from the Biden campaign. This is coming from another reporter, and I don't have it pulled up who it is, but he's saying, people, you don't understand what's going on here. They're not putting a lid on Biden doing anything. What they're doing is there's a camp, there's a debate coming up, and that's camp, that's Biden getting ready for the debate. So what the reporter is doing is covering for Biden by saying they put a lid on it so Biden go practice for the debate. Now, does everybody anybody believe that? Nine times out of the month, he's going to put a lid on it that we know of. That That's taking full days off, not a lid like midday. That's taken full nine full days off to prepare for the debate. And the debate's, by the way, next week. So it looks like it's going to happen. I mean, we have like five days left. So this is pretty exciting. And he's going to put a lid on it to prepare for the debate? Really? Very excited to tell you about a partnership I have with Hollywood casting director Kathy Rinkin. Now, Kathy, who's been in the Hollywood business since 1994, casting for films and televisions, has put together a workshop where she takes her acting chops and teaches business professionals charisma coaching. Now, Kathy has been working with actors for years, teaching them how to be more charismatic on camera. So why is charisma coaching for you, if you are in business and you are in front of people or your staff, your team is in front of people, whether it be through networking, public speaking, or even dealing with the media on camera, charisma coaching will help you uncover your natural sexiness. Yes, I said sexiness. It'll help you create chemistry in the room by making about the other person. It'll show you how to express vulnerability and still show strength, as well as control the adrenaline rush when they're either with a crowd of people or, again, talking with the media in front of camera. So if you are in business and your team is out there interacting, or if you want to develop a skill set where you're comfortable in front of a crowd and a camera, then contact Kathy at youritfactor.net or reach out to her via phone at 720-985-8852. That is youritfactor.net. You you're going to love this workshop. And Trump, Trump doesn't put a lid on it. You rarely see Trump put it on. Now, there's concern on the Trump side that he's not taking enough time to prepare for the debate. So which is it, Joe? Are you putting a lid on it so you can take a nap or are you really practicing for the debate? I guess we're going to find out on Tuesday when the debate airs how much this lid on has helped him. But I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen in a presidential campaign a candidate so far removed from public speaking and public appearances than I've seen with Biden. I mean, this is unprecedented. So the question is why? And you rarely see Biden, by the way, at night. You rarely see him do any kind of events or activities at night. Now, there's a lot of chatter 
that this speaks to possibly him going through dementia, Alzheimer's, because apparently it gets worse at night. A lot of people who've had relatives uh, go through that, suffer from this disease, have said that at night it gets worse. So is that what it is? Is that what the lid on when at 930 in the morning? So Biden, you're telling me that Biden cannot do a campaign appearance. Let's not even call it a rally, even a virtual appearance in the afternoon and then practice the debate. I mean, how much practice is this man going to need for this debate? Well, apparently a lot because they're putting quite a few lids on it. I've never seen anything like this. And they wonder why there's no excitement for their candidate. Their candidate's not out and about. We don't see their candidate. In fact, I don't even see uh, Kamala Harris that much campaigning as well. So this is this a virtual campaign or is this uh, a hidden campaign? Because you see Trump out there all the time, and there's so much excitement for Trump, very little excitement for Biden. And the Democrats know this, and they're worried. They're worried that because of this lack of excitement, that it's going to hurt the turnout for the poll in the polls for their side. So what do they have to do? Well, they've got to rile up their base through other means. they got to rile up their base by saying if this Trump doesn't lose in a landslide, meaning Biden win in a landslide. Trump is not going to leave the Oval Office. So they've got to rile up their base by continuing to paint Donald Trump as a racist. They got to continue to paint Donald Trump as an evil man to, in order to get Biden's base out. Biden can't get his base out himself. Now, Biden did say that uh, this is from... Uh, I got this from Dan Bongino's show and his site. He does the Bongino Report, which is pretty good. You get a lot of information. And this is from Matt Palumbo, who is Bongino's uh, editor-in-chief, I think, over there from September 24th. And this is Biden. The headline is Biden. Kamala would be ready to step in as president if need be. Now, if that's not scary, I don't know what is. I mean, the article goes on to say that Biden tried to downplay concerns Wednesday if elected running mate. If elected, running mate Senator Kamala Harris would need to replace him before his term was over, heaping praise on her by saying she would be ready on day one and then quickly adding if someone pushed me off a roof. <clears throat> so uh, and this is uh, their original source on here was Newsmax, by the way, which is not a great source for me, at least for me, for me. Uh, I, I stopped reading Newsmax, Newsmax years and years and years ago. But. Is that not, if that doesn't frighten you to get you out to vote, I don't know what does. And that's the key to this, ladies and gentlemen, is we have got to get out and vote. Um, there, There's a concern for the Senate right now. There are four seats, Republican seats, that are in jeopardy. And if Republicans lose all four of these seats, that gives the Democrats a majority in the Senate. This is Collins out of Maine, um, the Colorado... Oh, I'm trying to remember the uh, North Carolina and I believe possibly New Mexico. I'm going to do another podcast on these four Senate seats um, on Tuesday when I do the um, polling podcast, because I do that every Tuesday where I delve into the polls. And this coming Tuesday, I'm going to delve into those Senate seats and where do we stand in the Senate? Because that's what's important right now. We want to get the House back and I need to delve into those polls, too, but we need to keep the Senate. And you got four seats that are kind of iffy right now. And where are they going to fall? So we're going to delve into those. So that's what the the what we need to be focused on. We need to be focused on the Republicans, need to be focused on getting the vote out. Now, 
we have a very exciting election, right? People are very excited about Trump. I have never seen this before. There's two things I've never seen in an election. One is I've never seen a candidate like Joe Biden who is just so uninspiring and who is just not out and about and you, there's just no excitement for this man whatsoever. Even when people go Biden 2020, they say it with very little enthusiasm. And I've never seen the level of enthusiasm that I have seen for a candidate that I see in Donald Trump. It is the most amazing thing I have ever witnessed in presidential elections. Now, again, I, maybe this was like this with Reagan because Reagan was a very popular candidate, but I was very, very young. I wasn't old enough to, to, to understand or pay attention. I was a kid. I mean, a little kid, right? But <clears throat> this is absolutely amazing. Did you see the other day uh, there was a, it was on, let's see, I saw this in, uh, that's a website called We Love Trump. Popped up on Twitter. Hawaii car parade for President Trump. And they've got a picture of a car parade for President Trump that looks like it goes well over a mile long with cars circling around the island. This is Hawaii. Hawaii is a deep, deep blue state. I mean, blue. You see more yard signs. At least I do. I traveled from Georgia to Florida last month and I saw tons and tons of Trump signs, flags, not one Biden. I don't rarely even see a Biden sticker and I live in the metro Atlanta area. It's pretty much a blue area for the most part. And I rarely see. And here's an article that came out of Gateway Pundit breaking Republican voter registration surges in Florida beating Democrats by 41%. So Republican voter registration is surging in Florida, narrowing a historical Democratic advantage in the swing state ahead of the November 3rd election. So these are things you just have not seen. And then you got this. Um, this is from Legal Insurrection. And the headline is, Democrats' operation demoralize has failed. And that's what they've been trying to do since the beginning of, well, I guess Trump's presidency. I mean, in 2016, they wanted Trump as the front runner or as the one with the to get the nomination because they didn't believe that he had a chance, a snowball chance in hell of beating Hillary Clinton. And then when it got closer and it looked like he was going to, then they started going after him with the knives, but they wanted him up there. And now here he is. So now... They've been demonizing this president since the beginning. And I'll tell you, people like me have come completely full circle. I voted for Trump, and I'm one of those persons that voted for Trump holding my nose. Yep, I wasn't enthusiastic at all about this president in 2016. And my guy was Ted Cruz. Um, I didn't like Trump's personal personality. I'm one of those, right? I didn't buy into that he was a conservative. I'm one of those. But I could not in any way, shape, or form allow my vote, whether it be through non-voting or voting third party, to go to Hillary Clinton. So I reluctantly voted for Donald Trump. And I cannot begin to tell you how pleased I am with my vote and what this president has done. And now I enthusiastically cast my vote for Donald Trump. And the left has been trying to tell me, and if you're like me, you— what an idiot you are, what a rube you are,
by demoralizing everybody. So from the article, something is going on. The enthusiasm among Trump, Trump voters is increasing. They are not demoralizing. They are energizing. That doesn't mean Trump will win, but it does mean the operation demoralize has failed. You see it all the time on social media if you are on social media. So if you're on Twitter, now Twitter is an interesting animal. Twitter is segregated. Uh, I'm on Twitter a lot. You've got the right and you've got the left. And then you've got the people that are just there for fun, doing other things. But pol political politics, people are segregated. In my circles on Twitter, as I'm going around on Twitter, I rarely come across, well, I come across them, but most likely, most, mostly I don't come across the left on Twitter. I like to, by the way. So I sometimes will search them out because I like to poke the snake, but it's pretty, it's almost like it's in a vacuum. And you, once you get sucked into a certain algorithm on Twitter, because life is not the matrix, life is an algorithm, you're kind of in that algorithm. So most of the people I interact or retweet and see tweets of are conservative. Now, TikTok is a whole other story. When I'm on TikTok, it's very segregated. You can swipe down, you'll get a conservative and you'll get a leftist. And you can see the leftist and the misinformation on the left and also some misinformation on the right. Got to give due where due is, you know, call people out for for right and wrong on both sides. But it's pretty segregated. So you can interact with the left pretty easily because they they you get on that for you page. Boom. There they are all over the place. And you could see this operation demoralize in play by what their their leftist talking points are fed to them. And they repeat it verbatim. I mean verbatim. The one you hear all the time is Trump has not done anything the whole time he's been president. Well, he's done quite a bit. In fact, he just got two peace agreements signed in the Middle East. So you can't honestly, intellectually say Trump has accomplished nothing. He's accomplished quite a bit. Actually, there's an article uh, that I'll put in my show notes if I can find it. The hundred. This is early in the year, 125 things that Trump has done that he said he's going to do. His accomplishments, 125. So you got this Operation Demoralize. And it's not working. The amount of excitement for this president is unlike anything I have seen. And then the amount of just or the lack of interest and the lack of excitement from Biden is unlike anything. I've, I've never seen a candidate not campaign. I've never seen a presidential candidate literally just do nothing. And again, I've. 90s is when I started paying attention to this. You know, the first election that I really paid close, close attention to was Clinton Dole. Now, I watched Clinton H.W. Uh, Bush, but Clinton Dole's the one I really paid attention to. And Dole's an old man. He was out there all the time. You know, forget the pandemic stuff. I mean, come on. That's not a reason. That's not why Biden's not out on the campaign trail. Uh, and then Let's see, even the one with, uh, I, actually, I can't think of one campaign, one presidential campaign where both candidates weren't out all over the place, were all over the TV. I've never seen a candidate put a lid on it as much as Joe Biden has put a lid on it. This doesn't look good for Biden. Now, as they said in that article, this operation demoralization that's failed doesn't mean Trump's going to win. The polls still have Biden leading, but as I've pointed out, the trends look very very good for Trump. And then the tr what's happening in Florida, I think Trump's got Florida. And, you know, you don't get Florida, you don't, you don't win the election. Trump's got Florida. Now, you can win the election and win Florida, but you don't hear much about what's going on in um, Ohio. 
because Ohio is one of those bellwether states that there's not been a president, a winning presidential candidate that has not won Ohio. But Ohio's not a battleground state. Ohio's leaning Trump. So don't let the media fool you. Biden's in trouble. The left's in trouble. It doesn't mean Trump's going to win. I believe he's going to win, but it doesn't mean he's going to win. On Tuesday will be the first debate. And by all intents and purposes right now, it looks like that debate is going to go on. And that's going to be the barometer. If Biden comes out and he has been practicing according to the media, if he comes out and does a phenomenal job, and what is phenomenal? Honestly, phenomenal is passing. If he does a good job, potentially he wins the debate. Trump shouldn't rest on his laurels. Trump should also be putting some lids on the days and practicing for the debate as well. He shouldn't rest on his laurels or his instincts, and I believe that's what he's doing. Now, Trump has a pretty com good command of the, the issues and the facts now, more so than he did in 2016. So it's going to be interesting to watch his debate performance uh, versus Clinton, Biden versus Clinton, because he didn't have as much command over the issues as he did as he does now. I mean, when I watched those 2016 debates, Clinton just came across as just bad and evil and just unlikable. Biden's not going to come across as unlikable. He's going to come across as aloof and uh, de dementia setting in is what I predict. Now, they're going to have him hopped up on drugs. Hate to say it, but that's probably what's going to happen because that's probably what they're doing right now. But if he it's going to be at 9 at 9 p.m. So they're worried. But if Biden comes in with a passable performance, and command of the issues, he wins the debate, and that can turn the election. Right now, the election is trending Trump. That could all change in the debate. Trump should not rest on those laurels. If Biden is, in fact, putting a lid on his days so he can practice for the debate, which I don't believe, by the way, I believe he's putting a lid on the debate because he's got dementia issues. That's just my personal opinion. I don't have any inside information other than what I read on the Internet and hear in the news and watch with my very own eyes. Uh, if he is truly practicing and he comes with a solid performance, he potentially wins the debate and that potentially turns the election towards his favor because right now it's all about trends it's not about polling it's about trends and the trends favor trump biden may be up in the polls but he's not up in the polls as much as hillary clinton was at this same time last cycle which is a favorable trend for trump all right when i come back to the second segment on the second segment we're going to get into what's going on with the some missing ballots continue this conversation a little bit and then get into some other news of the week Talk to you soon after the break.